are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Your Bibles tonight, and we're going to begin in the book of Numbers. I'd ask you to keep your Bibles open because I want you to see a few other texts tonight. Before I preach this evening, I want to say a word to our church family. And of course, needless to say, like every preacher in America, we miss you, we miss you, we miss you. But I want you to know this, that uh, Lord willing, as uh, Brother Cooper mentioned, we'll open up on uh, May the 10th. That's what we're supposed to. And we, we have a day planned like uh, no other day. It's going to go down in history. It's going to be a wonderful day. And so I hope you'll plan on being here. It will be at 10.30 in the morning. No Sunday school ahead of time. 10.30 morning and of course at 6.30, uh, 6 o'clock on, uh, on Sunday night. Well, let's bow for prayer. Father, what a joy it is to be in church tonight and to be with your people, though they're there on that side uh, of the screen and we're here. And I pray that God in a mighty, mighty way you'd enter into this service. To me, it's a life or death message tonight. And it will be the difference when folks come back of destruction or moving forward in our Christian life. I pray that we would learn something tonight and be convicted of something tonight and that if we need to change some things, we would be willing to do that tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. I come to you tonight on the subject of one word, just one word, uh, this word is used in your thought life or your daily life and mine as well every day. You make a decision on this word throughout the day and so do I. If we make the wrong decision, we'll destroy our lives, sometimes in that very given day. We make the right decision and we could see that it could be pivotal and our life could hinge from that. The one word tonight was found not necessarily in this text, but the thought was found in this text. There's a man by the name of Korah. Korah was the one that wrote Psalm 84. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. He said, I'd rather just be a doorkeeper. He was a Levite. He was a great, great grandson of Esau. And the Levite family was instructed to care for the house of God. They managed the moving of the property and the moving of the building, the moving of the staves and the moving of the ark and had everything set up. Their job, they were in the maintenance department of the ministry. They were amazing people. They're nigh, they're close unto the heart of God. And Korah said, I, I don't need to have a title. I just be, I like to just be a, Doorkeeper. That same psalm, he says, the sparrow has found its, its a place to, to sit in the house of God. And, and to thank God the sparrow's privilege to be, I want to be in the house of God. Somewhere, he got sideways. And somewhere along the line, he said, Moses, I'm not, I'm not following you. I, I'm sick and tired of you leading this thing. But here's the tragedy and the word. He influenced 
250 renowned men. And I am going to be influenced tomorrow by many sources. It could be my flesh. It could be my pride, my self-will. I can be influenced by negativity. I can be influenced by the news. I can be influenced by worldliness. I can be influenced by just becoming soft, not willing to fight and contend for the faith. But every one of us will make decisions by being influenced by something or someone. That's something I watch so many people being influenced today by money. They that will be rich, Paul writes to the t- church at Thessalonica, they that uh, 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 to t- uh, writes to Timothy, they that will be rich fall into snare and hurtful lust. It's all about money today. Your life is gonna spin from that influence and money is influencing you and you will destroy your life and your family because your influence today was money. Here was a man by the name of Korah and God clearly told him that they were supposed to do, verse two, they rose up before Moses and 250 men. It's amazing how a scorner, how a scoffer will get other people to follow him. But I want you to know the end of the story is they all die. They all destroy themselves. In fact, as Brother Bertram read in verse 14, the last five words, we will not come up. Verse 19, and Korah gathered all the congregation against the, isn't that interesting, door. Psalm 8410 is what I quoted earlier. I'd rather be a doorkeeper. And they, they, they gathered against the door of the tabernacle. The thing that he said, I'd just go ahead and like to be a doorman at the house of God. Now they're there. said, we're fighting against you, Moses. I'm speaking to someone right now. You're warring against your mate against your children, against your parents, against authority, against uh, your pastor, against whoever it might be, and you've chosen in your life, no one's gonna tell me, Judges 17, six, every man did that which was right in his own eyes. The Bible says it came to pass, and by the way, verse 31, it always comes to pass. When they had made an end of speaking of these words that the ground clave asunder that was under them, the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up and their houses and all the men that appertained unto Korah and to their gods. What a tragedy. Verse 35, there came, uh, there came out of fire from the Lord and consumed the 250 men. What a sad thing. What is influence? It's a compelling force. When we are influenced, there's a compelling force that creates an action, or creates a behavior, or creates opinions. We're all gonna be influenced. You can be influenced by scoffers, and scorners, and compromisers, and self-willed, and narcissistic, and bitter, and hateful. But you show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Dr. Lee Robertson would always say this, I don't need to look at where a man is. I need to look at where he's gonna wind up, where he's going. And some of you young, dear preacher friends, God bless you. You think you found something new, 
just rehashing worldliness from the last generation, but I'm gonna tell you something, you're not looking at the end of the thing. Would you look at your little sons and daughters as you place them in bed tonight or children or your sweet precious wife as you pray with her and realize that I am gonna leave a heritage of destruction. Here was Korah and he destroyed 250 men. I have a great friend. He stood behind this desk right here and preached many times. He's with the Lord, pastor of one of America's greatest churches. Amazing man of God, just a great man of God. And perhaps he's listening from heaven tonight. But I remember the day when a Korah rose up in his church and 350 people that the man of God loved and cared for and nurtured, 350 stood up with that Achan in the camp, with that Judas, and stood up and said, we're leaving our church. And they did go to another church. Now, several years later, I doubt very seriously because I know some of those families, I doubt if any of them were in church, if they had the right this morning, they have not been in church in a long time. You cannot rise against godly leadership. And I'm talking to some churches tonight, you have a godly pastor, but you're part of that crowd, you're the Korah, and you're gathering people to you. That's about as low as you can get. Go get your own crowd. I know a preacher, and these men on my staff, they know the preacher. He was a great man of God. He's with the Lord. He preached behind this sacred desk. He preached in the old building so many times. That dear man of God on Easter Sunday went to his pulpit. He had been there for decade after decade after decade. And he stood to preach, and he was, the, he was just an amazing preacher. And as he stood, as he stood to preach that morning on Easter Sunday, 800 people stood and walked out the door. I wonder what happened to those 800. Ask Korah what happened. You know the story of J. Frank Norris. J. Frank Norris died in August of 1952. J. Frank Norris pastored two churches at the same time. They were the largest two churches in America. First Baptist Church of Fort Worth, Texas. That was an amazing large church with the great seminary that he had there. Great things were going on, large men, great Sunday school, thousands upon thousands upon thousands, and then 3,000, then 4,000, and 5,000. At the same time, for 13 years, the days when you had to go by rail, the, he pastored the, in Detroit, the great Temple Baptist Church that became the largest church in America was 6,000. I can remember standing on that platform and singing and a great convention full of preachers in that auditorium. What a place. Pastored both churches for 13 years. J. Frank Norris guided our president during World War II. He was a leather lung preacher. And J. Frank Norris went out of the country to preach. While he was out of the country, his boy that he loved so very much created insurrection. Daddy's gone. And on one Sunday, he took 500 
members of his dad's church to start another church. He pastored that church in 1973 when he died, his son. The church is extinct. J. Frank Norris loved his son so much, he continued to personally give money to help establish that new church with his 500 members. Authenticate this with Dr. Raymond Barber that knows the story, Dr. Bob Smith that knows the story, men that know about what took place in those days. I want you to know that today, there's always an Achan in the camp. There's always a Korah in the camp. And I'm preaching tonight because when we come back to this place, we are ready to hit the road of running. We don't want to see conflicts. We don't want to see people at odds with one another. We want to see that God will send a mighty revival to this church and to our state and to our country and that we can see something glory for the glory of God happen that there can be one more sweeping revival before he comes again. I believe it's in God's character. I've said it so many times. For he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. As I look at this text, I see such sorrow. I see such sorrow. I'd like you to take your Bibles. I'm going to ask you to help me for a few moments here before I finish up and turn with me to the book of Psalms. And the first Psalm is Psalm 1. Psalm 1. And as we turn to Psalm 1 tonight, and I hope you'll stay with us and I hope you'll turn at home while you're there. I want you to see with me that we must not allow scorners to influence us. We must not allow scorners. Who is a scorner? One who mocks. A mocker. One who deceives. One is who is like a hireling, dragging and getting people for himself or herself. I can't understand. I can't understand why God's people will continue to fraternize with people that are against the things of God. I grew up in a great church. My twin sister might be listening tonight, my other sister as well. My twin sister's dad was my pastor. And in our church, we once in a while would have trouble like all churches and would have some people leave our church. My dad would never criticize those people. He would never attack those people. But we'd have some folks get upset with our pastor, our pastor's wife. Oh, you could see it. Sometimes you'd see it in a business meeting. Sometimes you'd see it as they had their little crowd, they were working. And then not long they'd leave. I can think of two churches that were spawned out of our home church in that city and grew out of our church. My dad never criticized those people, nor my mother. I recall my dad saying to us, the kids, I want you to know they're not our enemies. But we will not be going to any birthday parties and any events and any weddings because God has given us a pastor and his wife that we love dearly. And things are not necessarily right. We're not going to be mad. We're not going to be mean. If we see them in a store, we're going to say hello to them. Into discussion, kids. I don't understand you people that can hang out with people that are scorners and scoffers. I don't understand it. What's the Bible say? What's the Bible say? Here's what the Bible says. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. 
You cannot sit, walk, and, and spend time with scoffers and scorners. Notice what the Bible says. And we might as well just go ahead and take a look at the Bible. Take a look at the book of Proverbs chapter 13. My dear friend, Brother Andy Harrell, he quote this all the time when he served the Lord here, pastor now in Kentucky. In Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 20. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but listen here, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. He said, well, I'm just gonna help them. I'm just gonna, no, you're not gonna help them. I'm talking in particular, really, thank God for our good church and the harmony we've had, but I'm talking to people across America. You're the one, you've been out of church, and quite frankly, you're the one that's working the membership. Shame on you. Turn back with me, if you will, to Proverbs chapter number nine. Proverbs chapter nine. He that reproveth a scorner getteth himself shame. He that rebuketh the wicked man getteth himself a blot. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, he will love thee. Give instruction to a wise man, he will yet be wiser. No, 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 you cannot hang around with scorners. You cannot hang around with scoffers. Chapter 13, I'm glad you're listening. Chapter 13, verse one. Say, how do you know? By faith I know you're listening. A wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. Are you listening to Absalom? Are you listening to Absalom? You run into the beat of your own drum, but I want you to know the end of your life, Absalom, is coming. You're too young to die, but you're going to because a scorner destroys himself and the 250 people with him. Korah. Notice what the Bible says in chapter 22. I don't hear the rustling of the pages. Chapter 22. And notice what he says in verse number 10. Cast out the scorner and contention shall go out. Yea, strife and reproach shall cease. Notice, if you will, in chapter number 24, you're right there, 24, and how about verse number nine? The thought of foolishness is sin and a scorner is an abomination to men. I want you to take inventory. Who are you allowing you to influence you? Well, you say, I got this friend over here. I love him, I love him. Yeah, but he is, he's the guy that attacks the King James Bible. He's a scoffer, he's a scorner. He's a mocker. And by the way, with all your modern Bibles, we have never had a re revival in this country outside of the old King James Bible. It's about time we start getting the Bible back in our churches, in our homes, in our lives. Well, I tell you what, these churches there, these right wing, uh, uh, the, uh, I never knew the name, I, is it IBF they call us? I don't, I, don't, I, I, be, I don't know what they call it. It's IBC, I don't know what it is. I never knew that because when I was growing up, a GRB was really independent and a CBA, Conservative Baptist, was really an independent. Now, Southern Baptists were not. They gave to the, the program, the, 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 uh, 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 the cooperative program. But we were all just independent Baptist churches. That's not a, you act like, well, we're on the internet. And we want to write about because there's this movement, the IBC or whatever it's called. No, there's no IBC or IBF or IBW or whatever you want to call it. We're just... We're just a Baptist church preaching the word of God. And I tell you, there's scorners that like to take churches like this and churches that run buses and churches that have invitations and churches that have Sunday school and that we still have soul winning. 
and choirs and music and hymns and songs. A lot of scoffers today. And in the North Valley Baptist Church, this thing has been going almost for 45 years where God's hand of blessings been here. Why would you want some scorner to come into your life and draw you away from what God has been doing? The Bible's very clear. Chapter number one of Proverbs, we don't need to go back there, but chapter one, verses eight through 15. My son, if the sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Walk not in the way of them. Avoid them, don't even get near them. There's such a thing as saying, no, I'm not going there. I'm not gonna be the critic of the pulpit. I'm not gonna be the critic of the church. I'm not gonna be the critic of the college. I'm not gonna be the critic of the Christian school. I'm not gonna do that. Thank God for all of those I just mentioned. I'm not gonna be the critic of the bus ministry. I'm not gonna be the critic of the youth department. I'm not gonna be the critic of the Sunday school. I'm not gonna be critic, no, no, no. If you wanna be the critic, go start your own church with your own people, but don't take J. Frank Norris's kids. Here we have scorners. Amnon had a friend, he was a scorner. Jonadab, I say tonight that don't be influenced by the scorners. Secondly, don't be, don't be influenced by the system. What system? The world. Love not the world, neither the things. But don't you feel like we're kind of old-fashioned and funny-duddy? No, no, no. If I look at the church today, I think it's the loosest we've ever had. I see no martyrs. I see no people that are gonna to have to really just, uh, just t take stands for God, that are taking a stand for God. No, no, we, we have a lot of liberty. We have a lot of freedom in these days. We, we act like we wanna act. We dress like we wanna dress. We talk like we wanna talk. We play music like we wanna play. And no one's gonna tell me, but so much of what we see coming into our churches is nothing but the world. Those old forefathers of ours took a stand. You know, I got thinking about this this week. Influence. And God reinforced it in my mind this morning. My wife, I was in the other room, she was playing one of the church services, I had my, she had the brother-in-laws on, then she's playing brother Tom Harrison, my college roommate, pastors in Scotts, Michigan, has kids in our college here, graduates on a staff. It's in a little outside of Kalamazoo. You know, brother Tom Harrison and I, 50 years ago, were in college together with Wally Davis, and he's with the Lord and some other fellas. Well, let me tell you something. We were just friends but I wasn't getting my philosophy and my direction from Wally Davis, nor was he getting it from me, nor were we getting it from certainly Tom Harrison. We're just trying to keep him in college. Are you listening, Brother Harrison? I'd sure take a lot from him today. He's been pastoring for nearly 50 years now. But you know what we did? We believed that we should listen to guys like <laughs> Tom Malone. We believe we should listen to guys like Lee Robertson. We believe that we should listen to guys 
like John R. Rice and Bill Rice. We believe that we should listen to these men of God that paved the way. We just believe that we ought to hear these men of God instead. Thank God he brought into my life Brother, uh, Brother Raymond Hancock and Brother Bobby Robertson. And I tell you what, I wasn't trying to school them. I was trying to be taught by ancient men, men that are older than me, men that have walked the journey, not, not by my peers. We didn't sit around in Bible college in the dorm and say, well, bless God. Now, here's what we believe about this, and here's what we think we ought to do. Are you kidding? We, haven't even, we hadn't even built a popsicle stand or a doghouse. You young preachers, you young preachers. I like what one of our preachers said. He goes, I've studied the lives. I've studied the lives of the old preachers from yesteryear. I'm transferring my prayer journal during this break and it's taking me quite a while. I'm working on a page or two a day and I got to the preachers at a home with the Lord and I looked at all these men that were, had such an influence on me. My college president had such an influence, Dr. Cedarholm. The music man of the college, now an ambassador to college, brother Don Scoville had such an influence on my life. My sweet father-in-law, who's 95 years of age today, is his birthday. My sweet father-in-law had such an influence. My home pastor had such an influence. I thank God for my dad, and as I see his picture every day, I still let his picture and his philosophy of life, I still let it be the influence of my life. I'm so very grateful that I had in the female side, my mother was my influence and my aunt Elner was my influence and my school teacher, Mrs. Roth, who I just stood at her coffin at 97 years of age, was my influence and I'm thankful for my pastor's wife who was my influence. Why are you going online to get your influence from some kid that doesn't know anything? I'm thankful I inserted that, that was all free tonight. Let me say thirdly, and briefly, we can allow scorners to influence us, or we can allow the system of this world. We feel like we're so we're, we're such a we're having such a hard time because we have to take a stand for God. Look at the world they get to do. Yeah, look at it. It's a mess. But I can be influenced by myself. That's what Absalom was. No one's telling me anything. That's what Korah was. No one's telling me anything. That's what Judas was. No one's telling me anything. I'm my own boss. And every man did that which is right in his own eyes. I'm going to begin to close. I don't want you to turn this off yet because I want you to hear this. I love the songs she's written. Kayla Rowan has written so many beautiful songs and I think over 600 if I'm not mistaken. She's written, I rest my case at the cross. She's written, I'm still, he's still on the throne. I'm a royal descendant. My heart is already home. There rose a lamb in Jerusalem, safe thus far. We just recorded it here. A wall of prayer. Did I mention that I love him? God saves all sinners. So that's the lady I'm talking about. Her Dad, Kyle, was in Dr. Seitler's office one day and they were praying for her dad and he was a preacher and the touch of God, the breath of God was on his life. Dr. Seitler said on the radio that morning, we have a guest here today, Kyle Martin. Kyle, 
well, you come and say a few words about the revival going on in your church. And he said a few words. He said, and by the way, my father-in-law is here. Brother Seitler, you know him. So, oh, bring, have him say a word. Say a word. Say a word. God bless you. Say a word. And he said a word. Kyle Martin was her dad. I've told this story before, but not to this degree. Because she wrote a book with her mother and an aunt. It was her first book she wrote some while back, quite a while back. And I quote, she said, time after time, God revealed the purpose in Kyle's life. That's her dad, but her mother's writing. He was a saved man. He was a good man. He took care of his family and was anointed of God to preach. So what happened? This is the girl that wrote these songs, her daddy, and they're right, her mother and her. So what happened? What happened? Where did he lose his pilgrimage and where did he lose sight of his purpose for existence? It started out at his mother praying that he would be, have the power of God in his preaching and he did. She writes, there's no sweeter and more riveting sermons that ever fell from the lips under the shepherd while he was in the will of God. In his early ministry, he pastored three churches at the same time, all three could not pay him. He worked a full-time job plus all three churches. His zeal for God was rewarded with sermons that sizzled and fire and zeal. Her mother writes how we were in our mid-30s when God called him to Poplar Creek Baptist Church. Looking back, it was the pinnacle of his ministry. But Kyle began to lose the power of God. Satan, she writes, his wife always will have a trap for a man of God. If there's ever a time the church family at North Valley Baptist Church ought to pray for our staff. It's now for some reason, God has showered us with, with so many men that have, been on, that have been on staff and now men that have joined us in the last year or two. It's just an amazing thing. The touch of God is on their life. I love seeing what I see from the youngest of the youth pastor and the publications and the bus ministry and all those in other areas and then these seasoned pastors that have joined us from all around the country, something's happening. But I want you to know that if there is ever gonna be a place for the devil to shoot his fiery weapon, it's against the people of God at North Valley Baptist Church and the men and women of God right here. She writes about her husband. Satan set out to destroy Kyle Martin, this, Martin, this great preacher, and he succeeded. What was it? What was it? What was the influence? What was the influence that caused the mighty man of God to cease from being a man of God? His wife and daughter writes, it was the love of money, the root of all evil, and it befell him. He longed for wealth, and Satan saw it. His first yielding to Satan was the beginning of the end. 
That's a powerful statement. His first yielding to Satan was the beginning of the end. He took an extra job as insurance company just to give him a little extra. But that little job was his trap. He was a natural businessman. And he had a hunger for wealth and Satan put it together. He became very prestigious. Soon the Cadillacs were coming and the nice homes and the success and the start market and they got bigger and bigger and God got smaller and smaller. He was being influenced by money. And unless you think a wife and a mother, mother's home with the Lord, and, uh, 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 the, the, the mother's home with the Lord and the daughter still alive, but you think this is wrong, friend, we, we all will have a story of our life one day. She writes of her husband, our road with Kyle and mine was as sweet as it gets and as bitter as it gets. I saw him take side roads and off the straight one. I wondered more than once how I'd failed him. He tried to continue preaching country churches, but I wish he hadn't. He was gonna go his way. More than God's, it would have been more honorable to step out of preaching. Kyle's health in his 50s, still a young man, was beginning to break. He could not go to work, he could not preach anymore. And when he realized what was happening to him, she said of this, of her husband, it was too late. It was too late. Kyle began to have heart attacks in his mid-50s. And those heart attacks became stronger and stronger and he had to retire from all work. And that big hunk of a man, a tall man, was now reduced to just a small piece of flesh. He said to his daughter, I want you to come see me. He said, I'll never preach again, Kyla, again. I'll never preach. I'll never preach. And if God's going to take me home, I'm ready. I'm right with him. And she said, as mother said, oh, I want to scream. Why did you not humble yourself earlier? And I might have the story of Kyle before my journey is done, so I'm not attacking him. I'm saying tonight that it wasn't a woman, it wasn't gambling. That got Kyle out of the ministry, it was money. And this week I'm gonna allow every day of my life people and things to influence me. I'm not gonna listen much of that news, it's too discouraging. I can't, I can't live depressed, I can't. There's enough fight for the devil. There's enough war for myself. I don't need to have someone tell me how that we'll never be able to shake hands again. I don't need someone to say there'll never ever be a normal again. I wanna say this building that seats 3,000 people that's about empty tonight will have 3,000 people that I've been praying for the last year or two. God, would you give us 3,000 Sunday morning and 3,000 Sunday night and 3,000 Wednesday night and may we fill it up and preach his word because he is coming again. 
Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.